This is a part of worship where we get to continue to give our tithes and offerings. But if you're visiting or this is your first time to our church, uh, please accept this as a gift. Um, but for the rest of us, this is where we get to continue and be a part of what our church is doing and reaching our community, one relationship at a time. You know, we just had a great summer. The kids are going to be going back to school in about a week or so. But this past summer, we reached hundreds and hundreds of youth that came to our church through camps. And the camps were made possible by your generosity, by our tithings, by the offerings that we've had. And I just wanted to say thank you. But not only for the ones who gave the tithes and offerings, but for those who volunteered and stepped up. There were so many of us that um, exampled what it meant to do when it says to give with a joyous heart. Because with joy, you guys served. We put up tents. We put up sleeping accommodations and games and, and, and made this facility into a fun place where the kids can learn about Christ and share about Christ in the school. And then we had small group leaders and teachers and guest speakers. And then we came back and we tore the place back down and we set it for a church. And it couldn't be done without the gifts that you guys have and the talents you have to give to the church. Many of you volunteer and work with me and work with others in this church. And you guys do it such a joy. The last day that we had, and we had to do a lot of work to tear this place back into what New Hope is known for. And it just happened. We were done by lunchtime. And we were asking, what's next? What's next? What has to be done? And there's such a joy and an excitement. And I, I would just, those of you who missed out, think about helping next time. It is a great opportunity to see lives changed. But it's a great time. And with that, that's the kind of joy that we also to give our tithes and offerings to the Lord. Because it all comes together to help serve the church. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity to reach the lost, one relationship at a time, not only in our church, but in our community, in Hilo, in the state of Hawaii, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, reaching out to the mainland and across. But Lord, we just love you and we chase after you and we have a heart to serve you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Now, join me as we watch a video with our creator and his design for us. Our volunteers, yes. If you, if you think about the make and the model of each volunteer that we have here at New Hope Church, um, you would notice that each person is built differently. We all have been uniquely designed to serve him in his own way. And so we are to use our gifts and talents to serve him that way. You would not use an iPhone to cook a dish. You would not use a ladle to call a person and such and so on. Rather that you would use each person according to how they have been designed by God himself. We take our volunteers and their gifts and talents that God has designed them with and we put them in, in a certain area. Some people love to worship. Um, some people are gifted in electronics or, or broadcast or cooking in the kitchen or some people are excellent with children. Um, not all of us are, but the person that comes in through these doors, we, we fully 
encourage all of them to serve God in some way because their gifts and talents were given to them by Him, the Creator who designed us. If we think about it, it is a very interesting concept of being created by God for His purpose, yeah? <clears throat> As I was saying, um, yes, each volunteer that comes through the doors, we are to serve in the purpose that He has designed us for. So whatever your talent is, your gift is, from the Lord. Um, use it in that aspect because it is so important that we can um, glorify Him according to how He has blessed us. He didn't bless us just to uh, be blessed, but He has um, blessed us so that we can bless others. So as you learn about yourself and what your gifts are, um, talk to somebody about it, somebody here, and uh, we can work together to um, Serve the Lord and serve others. Thank you. Cut. Um, what's with the accent? Well, I, I wanted to add some drama and, you know, use some of the, some of the gifts God gave to me with, you know, voices. Because every gift can be used. See? No? No, you don't. What? Every gift can be used by God, every single gift. And everybody has at least one gift to give to God. Imagine if we all were given at least one gift by God, that we were to use it for God, how effective we could be as a church. Because God has an all-star team that he created. That's you, that's me, that is all the people that God has created. He put together an all-star team. And what God is looking for is for his all-star players to all play together. And he designs it in such a way that we have a team here. There's another team down the road. There's another team down that road in different communities so that each team or each church is influential in the communities that they serve in. But we all are put together as the body of Christ with unique gifts, with unique talents, and unique skills to serve him. And what an unbelievable way for us to help people find Jesus Christ. It is with our unique gifts that are God-given. And we're in this series, Why Is It So Important to Serve God? Last week, Pastor Marcus Ellington was talking to us about the, the, the way God, uh, or how God put us together, kind of like a schematic, that he has intricate components to our lives. And we all have a, a, a set of principles that we live by and we have been built in a, in, a, in a creative way and he designed us in a specific way to function in a specific way. And when we looked at that schematic, a microwave oven and its schematic is totally different than a flashlight schematic. And the flashlight schematic wasn't built like a microwave schematic. Why? Because they, they're built and made to function in different ways. And today, what we're going to look at is that we're designed for a reason, that there is a specific reason why God designed us in the way he did. He didn't just design us for relationship purposes, just so that we could have a relationship with him and with each other, although important. He also designed us in a specific way so that together we'd be more effective to reach the world for him, to be that influential in the world. 
And because of the way he designed us, we're all going to operate differently. We all have a unique function in the way he designed us. I mean, just think about it. You have, you have one person who, who has a gift of like hospitality. They're very welcoming. They're, they, they can talk. They can talk story. They can talk for days. And they, they can just talk about anything. And they start on one subject, and then they trail off to this one, and then they trail off to that one, and they can talk for hours upon hours. And then you have someone else who they don't want to talk at all. Listening is not their gift. And then those two get married. So you have, you have one who can talk really well and then one who just doesn't want to hear anything. It's amazing how God uniquely designed us to function. And somehow we have to get along. And maybe not just in the, in the sense of relationship and, and to get along, but in the sense of a unified body, the body of Christ, so that we could be effective for everything that God wants to see happen on this earth. He has a will that we pray for in the Lord's Prayer, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God has a purpose for everything that he does. So we're going to take out our notes, and if you're using the app, you can take that out, or in your bulletin that you're given. And every, every person that is here today, we must understand that there is a reason why we're, we were designed in a specific way. Just think about inventions. Inventions and the things that are created were created in a specific way for a specific reason. I want to uh, bring your attention to the lights right above our heads. These uh, rectangle panels, uh, we just changed out. They were fluorescent lighting, now they're LED lighting. And part of the reason why we changed over is because of stewarding well what God has given to us. So the finances that we pray over, the tithes and the offerings, that when they come in, we use it so that we can do things for God. For instance, we have lighting. Why? So that we can see each other. It's good to see each other. It's good to build relationship. It's good when we're taking notes that we can see the paper that we're writing on. It's good when we have different events or functions. We have funerals here. We have weddings. We have blessings here. And so we have lighting so that we can see. This lighting was purchased at a fraction of the cost of what it was supposed to be because of a rebate program that, that they had, the company had. And from a couple thousand that was going to be for these lighting, uh, for the lighting, uh, we only paid a couple hundred because of that rebate. So the only way we could have done that is through your giving. And now with, that, with the lighting that we have, we're using one-third less electricity than we normally would be using. So you can see how your participation was able to help with the body of Christ utilizing the finances that God brings in to further his kingdom in different and unique ways. Whenever we do something for God, he, he, he takes what we do for him and then he uses that to further his kingdom in a greater capacity than if we just did these things by ourselves. We have our Wednesday night midweek service. We call it Equip and Disciple. The reason why we call it that is because our Wednesday night is specifically uh, uh, targeted towards believers. That we as believers, we gather together, we worship together, we get into the Word of God together. But we also have a dinner on uh, Wednesday nights that you can purchase. And because of food prices, you know, food prices went up. Uh, we have to switch over from styrofoam to, you know, uh, biodegradable uh, utensils or, or the cups and, and plates. So the prices go up 
our prices go up. So from $3 on Wednesday night, it's going to change to $4 on Wednesday night. Only a dollar more and hard to find a $4 dinner anywhere. Uh, if you do, it might be an appetizer. But that's why we do that. And part of the reason why we have the dinner is so that when someone is wanting to learn about God but is working and will not have time to go home and, and cook for the family and all of that, we're providing that so that you can come as quickly as possible to eat dinner together and then we're going to worship and have the word given together. So those specific things that we do is not so that we can just have a dinner. There's a reason behind it. And the ones who cook the dinner and serve, they're designed in such a way that they have cooking skills and an excellent heart to serve God. So if you think about it, they're not just in the kitchen cooking and giving out food. It's not a restaurant. It's our service to God. Hearts of the people come together and say, let's serve others. For those who are coming from work, from a busy day, that we're going to serve a meal so that they don't have to worry about cooking. They can be here and then learn the word of God together. And that price change is going to change next week, Wednesday. So we just wanted to give you a heads up also. But think about it. Every unique gift that we have, every unique talent that we have or skill that we have, someone put it there. Now, you might be thinking, no, but I learned these things. You know, I had to learn these things. Well, who gave you the eyes, the, the hands, even the, the mechanisms that take place in our brain to, to function in that unique way? God gave that to us. When I was in the fifth grade, I remember before that, I couldn't draw anything. I, I, I would look at art, and uh, there would be people in school that would draw different things, and I'd be amazed at what they could draw. Artists that could put a drawing on a paper that looked just like the object, or they just drew out of their mind and just out of memory, and I'd be blown away until one day I could all of a sudden draw. I was sitting in class, this is in the fifth grade, and before that, I couldn't even draw stick people. That was a difficult thing. I'm sitting down, I'm starting to draw this bird, and it looks like the drawing. I'm thinking to myself, wow, that, that looks pretty good. And my friend who was sitting next to me, who was a really good artist, he even appreciated it, and he said, wow, that looks really good. I, I can't believe you just did that. I said, I can't even believe I just did that. So we're talking, and then he shows everyone in the class what I drew, and no one believed that I drew that. Why? Because I was sitting next to the person who could draw. So they thought he did it for me. They're like, oh, you cheater. I said, no, seriously, I did that. And so they said, prove it. And so they would show me different pictures, and I would be able to draw it. From not being able to draw nothing the day before to be able to draw anything that I could see, it was a night and day experience. And so I thought, like, how, why, why do I... Why do I have this? Like, how, why do I now have this ability? What is it for? So I just thought, just appreciate the gift. So I would just keep drawing and kept improving and kept learning and kept practicing, fine-tuning it, uh, constantly learning about art and drawing and things like that. And then I met Jesus. And then I understood why I had that ability. See, God gave me that ability so that, not so that I could draw and impress people. Because not everybody's going to be impressed with our talents and skills. Some people will criticize us, put us down, compare us to other people. But God gave us that ability, and this is what I understood. He gave us that ability so that we could use it for him in the hopes that other people would be able to find Jesus Christ through that gift or talent or skill that he gave 
to us. You see, normally we would think that, well, God can't use my gift for him. He can't use what I'm doing for him. How, how is he going to use my mu- musicianship? How is he going to use the way I speak? Or how is he going to use um, my, my talent for him? How is he going to use my height for him? Or my lack of height for him? How is he going to use my, my athletic skills for him? How am I going to use this for God? Well, all I know is this. Whenever God designs something, there is always a reason why he designed it the way he did. Just look at creation. Everything that God has designed, there is a specific reason for it. We may not understand all the reasons why he designed certain things to function in a certain way, like mosquitoes and centipedes or cockroaches. Like these things, I'm like, that's, that's like from hell. That, that like centipede, that got to get that out. I, I, I will ask when I get there in heaven, like, okay, God, I got to, like, centipedes? Like, what? Couldn't they be nicer? But I didn't create these things. He did, and he had a specific reason why he created what he did. And just like every invention that is created, there is a specific reason why it was invented. There's a specific reason why it's designed in a specific way. You don't look at a car and question, why is it not flying like an airplane? You don't look at a, a surfboard and question, why is that not like a phone? You don't look at a, at a, at a chair and wonder, well, like, why doesn't this function like a table? Some of us, we use chairs that, as a table. I understand that. But that's not what it, was, what it was designed for. God specifically designed certain things to function in a specific way. And it's no different with us. As we look at our notes in Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, the Bible tells us that you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. See, we're designed according to how we should function. And we were designed in such a way to serve God. God saved us for a reason. See, every single one of us, we can, we can have an eternal effectiveness for God by understanding why we are created and designed the way we are. And here's where we begin. Here's the first thing. We can write this in if you're taking notes, that we have to understand that we are all designed by God. We were designed by him. He, he, he thought this through. God specifically thought of how he's going to design us from the way our brains function to the way our nervous system works and our bone structures, our, our, our muscle system and, and the subsystems in our bodies, our, our bloodstream and everything that takes place in our, in our lives and in our bodies. He specifically created it in a specific way so that we could do specific things. Like he really thought it through. He knows exactly how we should live Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. In other words, we're not separate from our talents, our skills, and how God created us. We're his workmanship or handiwork. And Pastor Marcus spoke last week about we're, we're God's poem, that he, he uniquely structured us in a way to serve him, that we're individually made 
for specific reasons that he gave us all that we have, all the gifts and talents that we have to be used for him. It's incredible how God does that. In Psalm chapter, Psalms chapter 139, verse 16, the Bible tells us that he saw us before we were even born. Every day of our life was recorded in his book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Like God really structured it well. He looked at every single moment, every waking hour, every time we're sleeping. He looked at all of those moments and he says, I'm going I'm to help structure your life to a place to where I know everything that's going to take place and I'm going to give you abilities in which to serve me. And before any of that had come to pass, every single moment was laid out before God. And God saw it and he created us with all of the unique gifts and abilities that we have. See, God has given us a mission in this world and it's to reach people for him. And because he gives us the mission, guess what he does? He equips us for it. He doesn't just give us an assignment, a mission to be pleasing to him and to reach out to people and then have us figure it out. He says, no, I'm going to equip you for this. This is what Romans chapter 12 verses 4 through 8 tells us. It tells us that just as, the, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Let's just pause there for a minute because isn't it true that even though you may have a gift in something, you may, you may sing, uh, play an instrument, you may be really good at, 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 at books, uh, like you can, you can do finances well, or maybe you're a reader or a writer, uh, maybe you do photography or editing. Like you look at other people's and you always compare like yours is never good enough. Or we'll see someone else's talent and we'll say, man, I wish I had that. Why can't I do that? And sometimes we'll see it as, wow, that's so unfair that they have that much talent. But what God is saying is, no, no, hang on. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well, and it is in his grace. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, be encouraging. Or serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the, the, the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. See, what the Bible is telling us is sometimes we're comparing our lives to one another. We're not doing it gladly. We're saying, man, why am I not good like that person? Why, why don't I have that ability? You scroll through Facebook. What? How much pounds she lost? 75. Oh, I can't even lose one. And now we're comparing. And we've forgotten that that's not why we're given these certain abilities and gifts. God says, no, whatever you've been gifted in, do it gladly. You know, from day one, ever since I came to this church, we have always been a giving church. I've always seen that from day one, and it has continued to this day. You're such a giving church. And even in this scripture, it says, if giving, is, if that's your ability, then give generously. That's what I've seen throughout this church. Some of you are at the place that you're learning about giving, and you're saying, I'm not there yet. I don't know like, how to give and, 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 and what to do. Well, all I know is this. When you biblically give, when you understand the Bible, and you go by God's principles and be obedient to him, all the blessings come with it. 
His principles are always proven to be true. His ways are always the best way. And for some of you, you may not have the ability to sing or to uh, do like a, a run cameras or soundboard or be with the children, but your ability is to make money. Like that's what you're really good at, God bless you. But you're just good at that. You just know how to manage your finances well. You're very good at that. And you use what you're good at for God. So every single one of us play a part. And we may think, well, I don't, I don't have an ability to be used by God. No, every single person has at least one gift to be used by God. Every single person. And he'll equip us. He'll empower us. Because without his empowerment, all we have is talent. See, that's the good news for a believer. God will empower us as believers. It's not for everyone. It is for believers that we find this power. He empowers us so that we can take the gift that he has given to us with his power and strength, with the person of the Holy Spirit, and then use it to expand his kingdom. He does it. It just, it, he does it. That's how good he is. So in whatever Whatever gift you have, use it for him because we're designed by him and we're equipped by him. You can write that in your second point is to, to understand that we are equipped by God. It is him. He equips us. That is, that's good news to know that God equips us, to know that our father in heaven who created us has the ability to also empower us and to equip us. He doesn't just leave us at random and say, here's a gift, here's a talent, I hope you do well. He says, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you to steward well what I've given to you. You partner with me, you have all the power you need to be successful in my kingdom and in my eyes, and I'll even use your gifts and talents to reach people who are far from me, which is the heart of our church, that we reach people far from God one relationship at a time, and we keep connecting with people See, our, our heart is never to, to uh, have, a, have a, a place that is just filled with people. We, we want to build lives so that we can become stronger in God. Not necessarily have a lot of numbers here. It's, it's so that we can build big people, so that we have depth of character, so that we can shine his lights into the world, so that when we leave here, we leave here different. Someone once told me, they, they said, you know, when, when people go to church, they're going to feel encouraged and they're also going to feel discouraged because the Lord is going to speak some things and that's a conviction that we may even feel discouraged. But he said, but we should always leave changed. You may be encouraged, you may be discouraged. Regardless, we should leave changed. And that change happens as a result of God speaking into our lives and him equipping us to use the gifts and talents that he has given to us and equip us so that we can be effective in our world. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 tells us that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. What I love about this is, you know, earlier Bree came on and, you know, we, we love... Uh, helping people in their gifts and their talents. And for Brie, when she was getting ready for our announcements this morning, uh, she was trying to remember things and uh, maybe thought of, I might make a mistake. Even our musicians or people that, you know, do the slides up here. What if I make a mistake? And our heart is this. God already knew that we were going to use our gifts and talents for him. But he also knew that we were going to make mistakes. 
He knew that we would forget uh, one of the words for worship. He knew we would start too early or too late or hit the wrong chord or be off with the drums or whatever, would, whatever it would look like or forget the slides or put the wrong spelling in there. And we would, we, God knew that we would make mistakes. Now, did God say, well, because you're going to make a mistake, you can't serve me? You know what God does? He says, even in your mistakes, you can serve me. Because the goal is not for you to not make mistakes. The goal is for you to become more like me. That's the goal, to look more and more like me. Now, when you have a passion for something, like I, I love everything that I get to do as a pastor. I love every single moment of it, every single moment. Are there difficulties? Absolutely. There are difficulties. But I enjoy every single moment of it. God gave me uh, a certain abilities to be used for him. And I love every single moment. There are certain things I can do, certain things I cannot do. But because there's a passion for it and because he's given that ability to do what I do, I find great joy. But what I'm not going to do is say to other people, well, well, I got everything together. I got my act together first. That's why I can do what I do. Now, that would, first of all, be dishonest, but that's also not the heart of God. God didn't wait for me to get my act together and then say, okay, here's what I want you to do for me. God says, even in all of the mistakes that you're going to make, even as a pastor, even though you may, you may forget a scripture or whatever it is along the way, that's not what it is. It's, it's not so that you can perform for me. It's so that you can look more like me. And even in our mistakes and all that we may do, God says, I can still, I can still use you. Have you ever walked into church and maybe you're a painter and you see chipped paint. You see something that needs to be painted. You, you find something that's like, whoa, those colors don't match. Oh, that's a white wall, but they use eggshell white. And that's, that's, that's like a flat, not semi-gloss. Like you, 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 you hear these things, you, you say these things in your mind, or you say it to someone that you're with. Or you come onto the church property and you're a landscaper. You're like, oh, got weeds over here. Oh, that, we got to kill that. Oh, oh, that we got to get rid of. Oh, we should dig that up. You know, we should plant over here. Like you have this, these thoughts. Or you come here and there's something wrong with a word. And you're like, oh, that word is spelled wrong. It's supposed to be like this. That's the wrong word. And oh, boy, I hope they get that correct. Oh, no, it's still there. Oh, no, it's still there. Oh, no, it's still there. No. You look in the bulletin. Oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's seven. Seven things wrong today. Not bad. Last week was eight. They're improving. Like, we have, that, we have those eyes. The reason why you have those eyes is not just to point them out. It's not so that you can find the chip paint and all these things. You have those eyes because God chose you to be a part of the solution. You're, you're a part of the team. A star player is absolutely ineffective even though they're a star player if they're on the sidelines. Now, that star player can say anything. They can say to the game, it's like, man, you missed that shot. You're supposed to pull back. Oh, you got to follow through. Oh, man, you got to watch your footwork. They can say whatever they want. But you know what's going to happen after a while, after the team is only hearing from that person saying, do this, do that, do this, you should have done this. You know what they're going to say? Well, jump in. You're a star player too. Jump in. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm busy. What you doing? Tying my shoes. I'm getting ready. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I don't have the right gear yet. You know, you know what makes the difference with that, that team that makes it more effective and, and at max capacity? 
It's not that they're star players. It's when every single team member has that chemistry of their unique talent and gift that is contributed to the overall team's performance. It doesn't matter how good we are. It's when we're unified in him that makes us a really good team. Because you can have the best players on the team, and if they don't mesh together, not going to happen. You need chemistry. God is our chemistry. He's the one that brings us together. He brings our unique talents and gifts, equips us to do great things for him. And people find Christ because you, as the star player, said, I want to use whatever I can for God, whatever I can. And when you jump in and you're a part of the team, all of heaven rejoices when one person says yes to Jesus. And we rejoice too. But that's how effective it is when we say to God, I want to be used by you. In whatever way possible, I want to be used by you. No matter how nervous we get, no matter how many mistakes we make, when the heart is good, mistakes are not the issue. God will use even our hearts to serve him well. When God gives us a gift, it's freely given. It's, it's not earned. You, we can't earn our gifts from God. It's not an award. It's not where we rack up points and God says, okay, you accumulated 20,000 points. You now can sing. Oh, that would be great. But now we're doing works for a talent. But this is not a talent show. God has given us abilities, absolutely, but it's not to perform for him or for anyone. It's to be used for him so that people can find him. That's why we all have different passions we all have different uh, uh, unique gifts and, and, and the way we, we are made up. We're, we all have a uniqueness about us that God has given to us. And for someone who has a passion for one thing, another person is not going to have a passion for another thing. Some of you, you love like show cars. That's your passion. And you can spend days on working on an engine. And you find passion and joy in doing that, you, can, you polish your car till you can't polish no more. And it's nice. That's your passion. Some of you have a passion for fishing. You can camp for days and catch nothing and come back joyful. I'm like, I just go KTA, go grab some fish. I'm joyful there. But you have a passion for fishing. You can do that. We all have a passion for something. God gave that to us. But we use it for him. We use it in unique ways so that people can find him. And when we see someone else with a, a, a gift that, that we may not have, God says, don't, don't be envious. Don't be jealous of them. Remember your unique gift and how I wired you up, lest you start comparing and forget why I wired you the way I wired you. We may not have the same energy. We may not have the same perspective, but together we can accomplish great things for God in the gifts that he has given to us. Corinthians uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5, tells us that there are different kinds of service, but we all, we serve the same Lord. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He decides, not us. And, and just think about it. No one receives all the gifts. Like, we don't have every single gift that is given by God, and not one gift is given to everyone, lest we all be the same and ineffective. And so what we do is we take all of the different unique gifts that God has given to us, and then we work together as the body of Christ to glorify him. 
That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other, that we help one another. And I'm so glad we have different gifts because we can, we can accomplish greater things and we can help one another. You may have one gift, I may have one gift, but together, you put them together, we're able to accomplish more. And I'm so glad that we have different gifts. Like the people on the worship team, thank God for the people on our worship team. The people on our soundboard and our uh, multimedia, thank God for them. Our teachers, our cooks, and those who keep this place in pristine condition, thank God for their unique gifts and abilities. For some of you, like you're, you're really good at, at, at like uh, uh, hospitality. You're just so welcoming. You're so kind. You don't lock your doors. Like whoever comes over is always welcomed. You always cook something for them. You're just, you're that welcoming. That's an ability that God gave to you. You just have the gift of hospitality. Some of you love to clean. Like you can really clean. You may be Portuguese, but that's, that's just who you are as your nationality. But that's like added bonus if you like to clean and you're Portuguese. Like, if you're, if you're, that's double dose. Like, you, you clean, other people's clean. That's how good you are. It's like the gifts that God has given to us was given to us for a specific reason. That's why when you walk into a place, you immediately sense certain things, especially a place like this. And God speaks to you. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and says, hey, why don't you jump on? Jump on the team. Get involved. Use your gift for me because I want to do something great with it. I want to reach people. We're not going to be as effective as we would be if we're all not included in it. Everyone knows that on a sports team, you need all the players to play or you're not as effective. The quarterback gets sacked if the tackle doesn't do his job. The people that were supposed to do what they do, if they don't do their responsibility and take care of it, the whole team suffers. And I truly believe as the body of Christ, God has given us unique talents and skills and abilities to be used for him so that more people can find him as Lord and Savior. There are many people that serve behind the scenes, many people that no one will see, but people find Jesus because of those people. And God wants us to use our gifts for him. And to remember this, here's our last thing, that God gives us a heart for him. That we are all given a heart for God. He wants us to use what he has given to us with the heart that he has given to us to be used for him. You know when our birthday comes around or Christmas or when we get a gift from someone, I mean, what would it look like if someone gave you a gift and you're like, I'm so thankful, so thankful, oh, just bless my heart. It's like the exact size of the thing that I wanted. I mean, I, I, it, looks like, it looks like a shoe box. It looks like a shoe box and I really wanted these specific shoes and you take the box, you shake it, it's like, oh, I know this is shoes. It's, it's the same weight because I, I was checking this out so I know this, this is shoes, I know it. And then you take that gift and then you leave it on the table. And the person that gave you the gift is saying, oh, so are you going to open it? No, no, no. It's too precious to open. Yeah, but don't you want to see what I got you? No, I, I really believe that you got me shoes. I, I trust that you got me shoes. So what are you going to do with it? No, nothing. I'm going to leave it here. Look at how nice you wrapped it. I don't want to ruin the bowl. Look at the, the wrapping that you did, that you meticulously wrapped this. Look at the tape, even the tape that you put on top. The tape is like pristine. Did you measure the tape? Look at the corners. It's so crisp and clean. It even smells brand new. I don't even, I'm not going to touch this. No, this looks really good right here. But I'll take pictures with it. Look at, my, look at the gift that I have. I'll take pictures with it. And I'll let everybody know that you got me this gift. So, oh, thank you so much. 
And that sounds good. It, it almost sounds like you can celebrate that, that I, I have this gift that oh, it's in this box. And thank you to the one who gave me the gift. I appreciate it. You went through all that trouble. Thank you so much for it. I really appreciate it. And now the world sees that I have a gift. But you and I know that that gift is totally ineffective and means absolutely nothing unless it's opened and it's used for what it was designed for. And I wonder how many of us have never opened the gift that God has given to us. It's still in wrapped form. Oh, it looks great. We even take pictures. We set it out to the world. We let everybody know we have this gift, but we've never used it for the glory of God. And it's like God saying, you know, I gave you a heart for me. And it's so important that we understand the heart behind having these gifts and talents for God. That's why Proverbs 4, 23, excuse me, Proverbs 27, verse 19, tells us that as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. You know what the Bible is saying? Our heart is going to speak. It's going to help us to realize that there's, there's a, a realness in there, that God has created us in a way, given us a heart to know him and a heart to serve him and a heart that goes along with this gift and talent that he has given to us. He's going to start with the heart. As Mother Teresa said, when you wipe tables, don't use a washcloth. Use your heart. And that's what God does with the heart. He uses the heart connected to the talent and gifts that he has given to us to be used for him. Because a face is reflected in water. And so the heart reflects the real person. We cannot hide who we are, truly are, for too long. We can't fake who we really are for too long. You know how much work that takes to perform who we're really not? It's going to come out sooner or later. But with God, we can say, God, this is, all I, this is everything that I have. I want to give you everything that I got. This is my heart, my talent, my skills. I want to give that to you. How can I use it for your glory? Versus saying, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't, I'm not good enough. I don't, I, don't, I don't have the lifestyle yet. I may, I'm still making mistakes. You know what God says? Because you have a passion for this, because I've gifted you this way, you're going to have a passion for this. And because you have a passion for this, you'll stick with me. As I mentor you and disciple you and mold you and shape me to be more like me. Why? Because you have this passion now that I gave to you. So you're going to stay close to me. Keep using what I've given you for me and I'll be the one who improves it. I'll polish it up. Just don't perform for people. Just be pleasing to me. And in using your gifts for me, I'll make everything work together for good. That's what pleasing God looks like. It's just us coming before him just as we are, and then he molds us and shapes us. That's why Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We're designed in a specific way. And we're, we're to guard our heart because it determines the course of our life. We all have unique interests. We like a certain color, a favorite food, a favorite ice cream, a favorite ice cream place to go to, a favorite ice cream brand. <laughs> Talking about ice cream. A uh, favorite car. Uh, 
Uh, we even have a favorite book that we like, or a favorite song, a, a favorite musician or artist. We even have our favorite seats when we come to church. Like we have favorites. God specifically designed us to have favorite things. And not everyone has favorite things. That's how unique we are. But he designed us that way so that we'd function in specific ways. And some of us are good at building. Some of us are good at painting. Some of us are good as musicians or singing or electronics or with children. Some of us are good with just loving people. And God says, that's what I want to use for my glory. We're thankful to the volunteers who, who continue to do the different things here. You set up, you, you break down, you, you clean, you, you fix. In fact, Art helped us with the, the LED lights that we put up. And they were in here and they were just working at it, working at it, working at it. And no one sees everything that takes place in this church. We just think this all happens. It's you as volunteers and those who give that is able to glorify God in the way that we do. So that people can find God. So that people can draw close to him. This is the way God gifted us. He, he gave us these gifts to use for him. I want to close with this scripture. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 6. It tells us to do the will of God with, let's read it together, ready, go, all your heart. That's what he's after. He just wants all of our heart. And when you serve God with all of your heart and you have a passion for serving him, you're serving him with enthusiasm, with, with joy. You're serving him with a, a supernatural strength and ability. And when you're doing that, you're not easily discouraged. Why? Because now you're doing this for God with such enthusiasm and joy. And the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's where our strength comes from. It comes from Him. It comes from serving Him. But when we're not, we get, we get discouraged quickly. I can't tell you how often our volunteers, they will work 60 to 70 hours a week at their jobs and then come up here to serve two, three hours, six, sometimes eight hours to serve God. And this is the, the, the common phrase that I hear from them. They say, you know, I, I, I do this at work, these, these things that I do, but it's, it's constant. It's the same thing. I, I do the same thing. And I find joy in that. They say, but at the end of the week, yeah, I, I feel kind of drained. And they said, for some reason, like when I serve God, there's a different kind of joy. Like there's, a, there, there's just, like I feel so much different after I serve God. It's just that God fills me. And I'm more filled when I serve God than when I don't. And when I serve Him, and I hear about what He's doing in the lives of people, I don't, I don't need credit for that because people are giving God the glory. And there are so many of you who volunteer and that's the heart behind it. You've been doing that for years. And because you serve and because you volunteer, you do this on your own free will. But you don't do it because you just want to. You do this because you know that there is an eternal value attached to it. You understand that when you're doing what you do for God in whatever way possible, right now people on the cameras, people upstairs, People with our children, blossom on keyboards right now. People are serving, getting ready in the kitchen. Those with our sports teams. Like every single person matters. 
And you might be here for the first time and maybe God has touched your heart and you're, you're wondering like, what is this? See, God designed us in a specific way with a heart that when we all work together, that's why you're feeling that, that God uses everything that we do for his glory and his alone. And as the body of Christ, we get to participate in that. It is often said that there are two most important moments in life. The first is the day you were born. The second is to find out the reason why you were born. You and I are designed for a reason. And it's our responsibility to go to God and say, God, what is that reason for? And how can I serve you? We're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. And I want, to, I want us to kind of ponder on that question. That, Lord, what are you, what are you asking of me? How can, I, how can I serve you? Because it's important for us to understand that, that he created us and designed us in a specific way for a specific reason. And, Lord, today, as we ponder on these things, we, we go through different thoughts and we wonder on different things of the reasons behind why we were created we understand that you've given us a heart for you, to be used for you, that you've given us gifts and abilities to be used for you, that we're designed by you. And because we're designed by you, you, you empower us, you equip us to do greater things. And so I pray for all of us that as you use our gifts and talents in whatever way you see fit, that we would glorify you in it. Whether it's here at the church or at home or at our workplace, however you designed us, that we'd use it to glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And we all said together, amen, amen.